0: and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole, hello. I'm excited today. We are going to be talking about down training. I feel like we've had some pretty fire episodes recently.
0: Yeah, I've honestly, we've actually gotten quite a few uh, people DMing me being like, "Dude, your podcast recently has been awesome." And I was like, "Yeah, it kind of has been." With the combination of the Pelvicon speakers, and we're trying to make the ones on Thursday offset by a little bit uh, more clinical stuff, then I think we're doing a good job.
1: Yeah, got a lot of feedback on the one last week that came from the Essential Pelvic Strengthening Course, but that the pelvic floor is much more of a trampoline than a bicep. got some really cool feedback about how that was like a light bulb moment for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I just feel like it's so much more representative of what the pelvic floor actually is and what it how it functions and it's been a really big game changer for us in the clinic at Public Sanity to use that analogy a little bit more. I think it's it's just more accurate. I think it helps people to see that it's supposed to be responsive to stuff instead of any sort of volitional contraction, and it helps our interventions to make sense to people more when they think about it like that. So it's been really cool. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage you guys to go back and really challenge yourself to think about is the biceps analogy for how the pelvic floor functions really the best way to do it?
1: That will be challenging if you think it is. So let us know if you guys have any other thoughts on that. But today we wanted to talk about down training. And it's something that you've talked about a little bit before, Nicole. You've actually done a whole masterclass on this. I think there's a lot to dive into. So we want to talk a little bit today about the three types of down training. And I mean, just to go back, like Nicole's done one masterclass so far that was actually on down training. It's an hour and a half all about this topic. I don't know. I love these ones for summertime because you know, might not necessarily want to be sitting inside when it's nice out. If it's nice out where you are, if it's blazing hot, we don't know, but you might not want to be sitting inside for a 12 hour, a 14 hour course But all of a sudden, like, oh, spending an hour on a masterclass that's super targeted, that's about something you really know and care about, and then a few minutes of Q&A at the end, that seems much more manageable.
0: Totally. And you know, y'all, we can see who finishes the courses and who doesn't. so one of the things that we've actually seen quite a bit, right, is that someone buys a course and get all excited and then buys a full-length course, gets all excited, and then is 70% done, 50% done, 30% done. And I'm guilty of that too. I get it. It's, it's hard to, even when they're dissected into modules, like I try, really hard to make them digestible, 10 to 15, maybe 20 minute increments in most of my modules and stuff, but I get it. It's hard and you are looking for a time where you can just finish it all. And so I really like this masterclass ideas. I had the intention of doing a lot more of them and then we got a little bit sidetracked with Pelvicon, which is coming up pretty soon and a few other things. And then the Essential Pelvic Strengthening course has really been on my mind and floating on my mind for a long time. So we didn't really do any other... It's been a year since we did the Down Training Masterclass. So we got another one coming up. We just put a poll up in the huddle about what this next one will be. So make sure to go back on and look yesterday on Wednesday and vote in the poll. We're going to be doing medical procedures for pelvic floor conditions, so think trigger point injections, Botox, other types of nerve blocks, and it's just going to be quick hitting, super actionable, so that you can actually guide your patient in the right way with some of these medical interventions.
1: So that's coming up in August, but what we wanted to go back and talk about was down training, because I think when we were first starting to talk about that, there was two things that we were noticing in the huddle. And that's one of the, I love that we have that form for people to be able to put up questions, to be able to get mentorship basically from other people in there and be able to bounce ideas off. But we were getting two things that I think were really challenging about down training. I think the first was that there was no actual definition of it. And this was crazy, Nicole, when you actually started researching down training for the masterclass there literally is not a formal definition of it anywhere.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a formal definition of anywhere. It was very loosely used in some research, but it wasn't clearly defined there. Like it was actually pretty shocking with how ubiquitous the phrase was in our field of how little it was actually defined and specifically used in any sort of other formal way. And so I was like, what does everyone keep talking about? (laughs) Because I think we think we're all saying the same thing. And I think all of us thought vastly different things. And way back when I did a a poll, you guys know, I love polls in the huddle. I did a poll in the huddle about down training and like the answers were all over the place. And then that just solidified for me. I was like, okay, I need to like figure out what do we really think that it is? Well, what is it? Then how do we implement the different aspects of it?
1: And that different aspects of it is a really important point because that was another comment we kept getting is people would start comments in the huddle and we still see this from time to time and it's not a bad thing, but I've done down training and my patient symptoms haven't resolved. What should I do next? Like, what does that even mean is the challenge there, right? I have done down training. Like I did it and it's in the past.
0: Essentially, it came down to the fact that I think we're using too broad of a term to describe a very complex, multifaceted treatment intervention. Downtraining doesn't mean the same thing to all people. And so when I was doing the Downtraining Masterclass, really came up with three different aspects of downtraining.
1: So let's explore those two things, Nicole. Let's start off with the definition. Like how do we actually define, how should we be thinking about downtraining?
0: The formal definition I've deemed (laughs) is that it is any intervention designed to reduce tension in the pelvic floor and or nervous system. So that's the broad definition that I think is important because there's two parts. There's the pelvic floor and the central nervous system. And I think prior to a year ago, it was very much all jumbled. Some people thought it was only nervous system. Some people thought it was only pelvic floor. Rarely did we think of those things as a collective down-training term,
1: And so I think that's why it was really important when you came out with, there's three different types of down training. And usually people, when they said, I've done down training or what other down training tips do you have are only really thinking of one of the three, but it's kind of like having a one-legged stool a little bit. Like you can have a freaking great leg of that stool, but if there's one leg, you're you're hitting the ground hard.
0: Yeah, man. That's a great little analogy, a little three-legged stool. Cause I feel like you have to do all of them to make sure that you're really addressing the entire pelvic floor tension picture,
1: if you will. Okay. So talk to me about the three different ones, Nicole. What are they first and foremost?
0: So they are pelvic floor direct interventions. There's pelvic floor
1: indirect interventions. And then there's central nervous system interventions. Okay. So break it down for me. What is pelvic floor direct? If I said I've done pelvic floor direct or I'm doing, which is a better way to phrase it, I am doing in the process of doing, Pelvic floor direct down training. What does that mean?
0: That means that you are, I mean, the simplest form of this and the one that most people realize is that that would be doing specific internal manual techniques to affect the tension of the pelvic floor, whether you're doing tender point release, trigger point release, if you call it that, but some sort of direct manual palpation of the pelvic floor. Now, that is not the only thing. There's a huge list of other pelvic floor direct interventions. Another one would be like reverse Kegeling, which I'm frankly not a huge fan of, but that would be another example of a pelvic floor direct intervention.
1: Okay. So, and it's it's really constrained. It's focusing very specifically on the muscles of the pelvic floor itself. That's really the, the broad definition. And then I know in the masterclass, you go through like a bunch of different other examples of that, but anything that's really targeting strictly the pelvic floor would be in that pelvic floor direct. And that's one leg That three-legged stool. Right.
0: And then to bring in the analogy of the trampoline, that would be something that's like directly working on the mesh part of the trampoline.
1: Ooh, this is good. We didn't talk about this beforehand, guys. So this could go off the rails quickly, but we're (laughs) gonna see how far we can push this analogy and see where it goes. I really like that. So, and that's the mesh of the trampoline. The mesh is itself is too tense, it's too loose, it's too whatever. We can focus directly on that. So I think the other one that you mentioned that a lot of people think about, I'm going to skip one and go to central nervous system down training. What is that?
0: So that would be things that are directly intervening on the autonomic nervous system. And you might all think like, oh, well, what, how do we do that? Well, that's a lot of vagus nerve Work that's maybe visceral work to work on the parasympathetic nervous system and the vagus, and anything that increases vagus nerve tone, essentially. And so, and that can also be things like referrals to cognitive behavioral therapist or something else that's going to be helpful to their autonomic nervous system.
1: Okay. And does breathing fall into that category or is that someplace else? Because I know that's something that people talk a lot about. When we talk about down training. So I gave them breathing already.
0: Yeah. You know, breathing is interesting because I really believe that breathing can actually fall into however you're defining it as in all three categories.
1: Ooh, So it strengthens all three legs, which is one of the reasons nice. it's,
0: it's so ubiquitous right. and so important and really, frankly, one of the reasons why it's one of the first things that we all give now, whether or not we realize it's that important. <laughs> we're giving it. Or if it's just like, shoot, I've only been doing this for a few months and they told me that breathing is really important. But that is one of the reasons why it is so important for any person with any pelvic floor dysfunction is because it really hits all of
1: those three things, pelvic floor direct, pelvic floor indirect, and the central nervous system. So talk to me about pelvic floor indirect, because I think most people on multiple choice might have gotten pelvic floor direct. They might not have called it that or or put it into this framework. They might have gotten central nervous system stuff, but pelvic floor indirect is kind of like the ugly stepsister of this situation that like no one really talks about or thinks about. At least they haven't. Like, what do you mean by pelvic floor indirect down training?
0: Well, if we look at the trampoline analogy, if you look back into at that podcast, we talked a lot about the fact that the trampoline has to be on, for instance, a stable base and the springs have to be all the same tension. And those can be influenced in order to, to help the excursion or the responsiveness of the mesh part of the trampoline. So there are things that aren't directly related to the mesh part of the trampoline, which in this case is the analog- analogous to the pelvic floor muscles themselves, but rather making all the other things that the pelvic floor muscles attach to Or the way that they are influencing responsiveness, you're influencing that. And that's a pelvic floor indirect way. So it's really, I mean, to put it another way, it's really finding the why of why the pelvic floor muscles are tense in the first place. What other factors are influencing that? And that's one of the things that I think is mostly overlooked. We don't think of that as down training, but I think we should. And I think we need to, if we're going to make a well-rounded approach to somebody that has tension higher
1: tension or tone in their pelvic floor muscles that brings two questions to mind on that nicole so what does it look like if somebody was only focusing on pelvic floor direct and ignoring that pelvic floor indirect what does that look like to the patient to
0: the patient and to you it would be like oh we get a really good relaxation quote unquote of the pelvic floor but it doesn't stay because as soon as you they go out into the world you're not, that they're maybe walking on an unstable base or their core musculature isn't coordinating correctly with the pelvic floor, so the pelvic floor has to turn on when it shouldn't. So it would look like, oh great, we're getting a really good response. Maybe their symptoms are better for that day after treatment and then boom, it comes right back. So you're kind of yo-yoing back and forth between something that we think we're making progress on and then really... It's like, shoot, why isn't this staying? If you're finding yourself asking like, why isn't this staying? You're probably not doing pelvic floor indirect stuff enough.
1: All right. And then talk to me about just doing central nervous system stuff. What if you just focused on that? You're doing vagus nerve stuff. You're doing meditation. You've referred them to a psychologist, whatever it is. That's your primary focus when you're talking about down training. What does that look like if you're not focusing on the other two legs?
0: I mean, I think this goes back to one of my professors and in... at Chapman University, his name is Steve Frederick. He teaches now at, I believe, the University of Montana. He always said, you got to make sure that you're giving the patient the ability to do what you're asking the body to do. So if you're not focusing well on each of the other pelvic floor areas, your central nervous system can be calm as ever, but it's only going to relax the pelvic floor to a length tension state that the pelvic floor muscles, the mesh part of the trampoline is able to do. So, right? So you can have your trampoline on the most stable base on all the springs are perfect. But if you have a lack of responsiveness or a lack of elasticity in the mesh part itself, the trampoline is still gonna act in a very specific way. So you have to also take into account the fact that the physical Pelvic floor itself has to be able to lengthen to a point that you and be responsive with that anatomical
1: aspect in mind. Got it. And so, last question there, if we follow that train through, if you were just going to do pelvic floor indirect, I think that's one of the reasons that you're not overly a fan of people calling themselves pelvic health physical therapists and not knowing how to do an internal exam. But that's kind of what that would look like, right? It's like, let's get your hips and your alignment and your, like all of the other stuff, but ignore the pelvic floor.
0: Right. Exactly. That would be exactly it. Which, I mean, no, I think that can work to an extent, right? It would be frankly better. I mean, this is why I believe that some external only people that say they do pelvic floor, like can get really good results because they can influence the pelvic floor that way. And they can influence the pelvic floor with the central nervous system all without actually doing the pelvic floor work itself. But if you don't actually have knowledge of what the actual pelvic floor feels like is responding to, is doing, then you're missing a huge piece of the puzzle and you're not actually getting, you're basically flying blind with hoping and assuming that your interventions are affecting the pelvic floor in the way that you want them to. So even if you are somebody that does internal pelvic floor work and you don't do it that often and you move very quickly from internal to these other external techniques, I would highly encourage you to go back and make sure that you are thoroughly and frequently assessing the pelvic floor's response to whatever interventions that you're doing because most of the time you're going to be surprised if you're not checking the pelvic floor quite frequently. Our bodies are brilliant at compensating and going back to old patterns. And if you think about down training as having to basically undo a very specific pelvic floor direct, indirect, and central nervous system pattern, then all three of those things, the legs of the stool, have to be addressed and tended to in order to find that lasting relief that we're looking for instead of just the transient four visits and like you're kind of getting better type of relief that some people have.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that that's really interesting. And I, I would challenge you guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the whole down training masterclass, Just be thinking about which of those three do you gravitate toward when you are doing down training, when you recognize that a patient needs down training. Are you someone who focuses on the pelvic floor and might not be putting as much time? Because we do have limited time and you do have to prioritize, but maybe you're not putting as much effort into the pelvic floor indirect or the central nervous system, or maybe you're all about the vagus nerve. And you're doing all of that that's your first and foremost your go-to with everybody but it's not really being matched with as much of the pelvic floor direct and i think that that is something even just to identify in yourself even if it's not something you're changing yet but just kind of identify what of those what's my natural gravitation toward or if you're like a great ortho person you feel really competent in all the background stuff you might be gravitating toward that pelvic floor indirect. And that's totally fine. But we also want to recognize our strengths and start to address potentially some of those weaknesses.
0: And then also if you're a new grad PT, pelvic PT that just took a Herman and Wallace course, you're going to be very much focused on pelvic floor direct techniques because that's what you just learned. So, But don't forget that you actually have knowledge of being a physical therapist as well. And you can influence the pelvic floor in different ways. So really the, the big takeaway here is that we need to get away from the either or thinking where it's either the CNS or the pelvic floor, but rather doing both and, and making sure all three legs of the down training stool are addressed and continually assessed and worked on until we get the desired result. And frankly, you guys, this can take some time because remember we're breaking patterns in somebody that likely has had them way longer than their symptoms have come about.
1: So with all of that complexity, is it ever really appropriate to say I have done down training? It is complete, check that off the list, no more down training ever necessary. I did down training. The thing is done.
0: Yeah, no, that seriously is like nails on a chalkboard to me cuz it's like it's really never done. It's helping your patient to continue to do those things on a daily basis and change those patterns for them or with them so that they last a long time. But it's not one intervention. And I think that's one of the things that the Down Training Masterclass goes over. It's not just one intervention. It is an art to the prioritization of what you do focus on because we can't do all of them all the time. We can't do all of them every single session. There is art and a little bit of science to prioritizing what you choose first based on patient personality, symptom presentation, how long the symptoms have been there, their patterns, etc.
1: Cool. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, you haven't checked out already, it's 47 bucks. It'll take you about an hour and a half to get through. There is a QA and a at the end. You can go through it at your own pace. You can always go back to it if you guys actually got it and it's been a year and you haven't been through it recently and want a refresher. That is all there and available. You can get that. I'll put the link in the show notes, but that is pelvicptrising.com slash downtraining. And that's pelvicptrising.com slash downtraining to get all of that stuff. And then stay tuned for the next one. Make sure you're caught up before we get into the next masterclass and be sure to be in the huddle answering those polls about what you want to know about medical procedures and all of the ways to make sure that you understand all of the different options that your patients have.
0: And then last action item is to go back. If you haven't listened to the trampoline podcast, it's like what a week ago now? Yep. So about a week ago. So yeah, go and listen to that and let me know what you think about that also.
1: All right, guys. As always, we love hearing your feedback. Thank you for those of you who have left reviews and some stars in the comments. That really helps other people find it. Make sure you are subscribed so you see all of the cool things coming up. We got some more amazing interviews and some really cool stuff planned for you guys in August. And as always, we want to keep this conversation going.
0: And let's continue to rest.